Live from the labyrinth, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Well, Tim, we were a nice place last time, but... I'm feeling a little lost. Uh, yeah. Like, either the walls keep changing or something's moving all of my uh, tiles. Like, I, I keep trying to mark where, we, where we're at, like, on the ground. And I don't know. Something, the winds bring some sort of wretched stench from over in that direction. Ugh. It's This is not a, a pleasant place. No. Walls are changing. I keep hearing voices from places. I'm not sure if it's the trees or if it's the rocks or if it's the insects or, or what's yeah, going just, on. Yeah, there's here. just something wrong about this place. Yeah, just... And the, and the few people I have seen, their pants are way too tight. <laughs> I agree. Yes. But uh, thankfully, listeners, you are not here with us uh, in this bizarre place. But we are glad that you are. we have managed to bring our podcast equipment here because we have a very special episode in store yeah. for you. Someone who should be in this maze with us because he knows such things. Uh, I guess he, that's what they say. Yeah. We, without further ado, we will now present a very special story school. All right, so we have to set this up here a little bit because we have a special guest today. Yeah. Okay, so you may have heard on the podcast music by a guy um, with the handle of Maze Dude. What? I know. Actually, we've had, what, about 10 of his songs on our soundtracks, I think we counted? Yeah, I double-checked. Yeah, it was about 10. He has a new Kickstarter, started July 4th, for his new album, American Pixels. It's a remix album. He's doing a lot of really neat stuff musically. I had signed up for it, like, Five years ago, when he first got the idea about it, um, he started the Kickstarter. He emails me like, "Hey, could you help out with the Kickstarter, etc." I'm like, "Sure, I'm glad you even remember me." And then I'm like, "Hey, would you mind uh, telling Tim that there's this Glowworm Jim song that he keeps saying is too long for the podcast? It's, it's like seven minutes. It is. Long. It is too long for the podcast. Don't give me. It is, but." And he said, sure, because he's a good guy. So I get this email saying, hey, so I hear Glowworm Jim is a little too long for the podcast, eh? Um, what if the creator, a.k.a. me, I'm paraphrasing here, yeah. but what, what if he made a special request for it? So I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Check Throw, Throwing me under the bus. So I, I, I saw that and I raised him one and I said, well, that could be arranged. What if the creator would also appear on the podcast? And he said yes. So we're super excited in this uh, pre-recorded section coming up to have an interview with Christopher Getman, also known as Maze Dude. Even if you're not that familiar with video game music, Chris talks a lot about his uh, creative method, about how he thinks. And any creative person, I think, we could identify a lot with uh, what he talked about here. So you so. don't need to be musical. You just need to be willing to think outside the box. Yes. Enjoy. Welcome to Daryl Trains of Thought, um, Maze Dude, also known as Christopher Getman, here to have a little chat with us. Hey, guys. Hello. We're really uh, honored that you decided to join us in the podcast tonight. It's uh, pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. I'm like, whoa, cool. An actual uh, professional. This is crazy. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you guys were supporters of this project years ago, long before the Kickstarter, long before there was really anything to show for it. So, uh, you know, the least I can do is give back and spend a few minutes talking about it and um, 
you know, stopping on board to say hi and support you guys and your, your, your endeavors. So yeah, happy to. Oh, awesome. So normally on our podcast, we talk about creativity and storytelling. So I thought we start with asking, your music's pretty creative. What kind of, uh, do you have any rhythms or habits that help you go through coming up with your ideas? Um, you know, it's really different with every single track. And that's actually what I, I find a lot of pleasure in is that every track tells a story, you know, and that it's, it's never a case of just sitting down and thinking, it would be a fun idea to arrange this as a rock tune, but that there, there's like three things going on at least with like every single track. And uh, I'm hoping to release some uh, behind the scenes videos actually about the new album, about how uh, that is a truth with every single track where how, um, you know, I'll just give you an example on the new album. There's an arrangement of a theme from mass effect two. And I actually never played that game. Uh, I never really got into that franchise, but I knew Jack wall. I knew the composer. I met him at E3 back in like Oh five. And, um, I was uh, told to check out his music when he was working on Mist 3 way back when by my buddy Mustin. So, you know, I, I never even played Mist 3. I played the, the original Mist long, long time ago. And, um, you know, I checked out Mist 3. I checked out the soundtrack and I was blown away. So I kind of wanted to meet the composer just by because I like the soundtrack. So, we, you know, we, we met. I honored him on the, the first American album. We became friends. And then, um, you know, it was time for this project. I reached out and I was like, hey. I'm honoring you again. What do you want to hear? And he said, how about the suicide mission theme from Mass Effect 2? So I checked that out and it was like epic orchestral choir, 7-4 meter. And I was like, okay, so how do I honor this? And that's been a weird thing with a lot of the pieces on this album is like, you know, how do I, with my humble, you know, tracking software, honor an orchestra and a choir? I can't accurately you know so i really got to like take it backwards and, and strip it down to something that would sound good electronically now at the same time there is a piece by a um uh swedish uh tracker uh, who goes by the handle uh radix or um mosaic he, he's had a few nicknames in the past but uh, he has a piece called transponder which is this really like this guy does a lot of like chill out kind of like nice chill out stuff but he does once in a while this oddball track that is just like heavy heavy chill out even though that's a oxymoron and uh there's a piece called transponder which brings in like little kid voices radio waves all sorts of weird stuff and i've always liked that tune and thought man i'd love to do a track in that style so oddly enough what happened was i took the suicide mission theme and rearranged it in this style so, I mean, creatively, it was just kind of like a combination. It was like the happy marriage of this idea, this request, this need for a fusion and this need for a genre for a particular, you know, uh, you know, fulfillment. And it just came together. But that's the story of one track and there's 14 there and they all tell a completely different story. So I, I know I rambled a bit, but hopefully that answers the question a little bit. That's exactly what we're looking for. Well, it, it sounds like you, you, pulling a lot of different influences that, like you said, you don't necessarily start off with an idea, but uh, you just kind of see where things take you. Yeah. And it's, it's fun for me to have like three different homages at the same time. You know, it's a, it's an homage to the game. It's an homage to the composer. It's an homage to a completely different composer, but I'm mimicking his style. So it's nostalgia on like three different channels, you know? Nice. Do you find it, is it harder to remix stuff you have not played? Uh, a little, a little, um, you know, there's definitely, it definitely feels more like 
intuitive if it's a game that I grew up playing because I feel like I know the theme by heart. I've spent hours playing the game to it. I mean, I, I remixed a couple songs from uh, Maniac Mansion, the original Nintendo game on the new album. And those, you know, I've, I've beaten that game so many times. I mean, like, I know those themes. I, I know what it is when you hear the Edison theme creep up and you're like, oh, oh, oh what's going on? You know, so that, that definitely rings truer versus uh, a newer game where I really got to listen to the original over and over to get the notes right and to get the timing right and all that stuff. So, yeah, a little bit. You did also kind of indirectly ask, answered a question that I'd have often wondered about remixers, and that is, have you played every game that you uh, <laughs> remix songs for? So I, I guess, do you still have time to game these days, or do you find uh, the balance of work and your music hobby and family and everything else, does that pull you away from gaming? I, I still make time to play. You know, it's good to get away and escape. You know, I mean, I am, I am a father, I'm a husband, you know, got a busy day job and stuff, but, uh, you know... Gaming is just uh, it's part of uh, part of my hobbies. It's part of who I am. It's a it's a pleasant escape. And um, I've gone through dry spells where I stop gaming. I've gone through dry spells where I stop you know writing. But uh, ultimately, you strive for balance. And uh, have I played every game I've remixed a track from? No, not at all. But uh, does it mean more when I have? Yeah, you know, like uh, I think I've talked about this a little bit. The uh, kind of the headliner theme that's in the Kickstarter video there is the um, Dragonborn Concerto, a remix from uh, Skyrim the main title theme. Now, I had originally not planned to uh, tribute Jeremy Sewell on the second album because I felt kind of like I, I did that already on the first album, American album uh, with a, um, a Secret of Evermore remix. And I was like, you know, I, I honored Jeremy Sewell. I'll move on to someone else. But when I put up the website uh, for American Pixels a while ago, I put a little request box like, you guys got requests? Shoot me a note. And um, the main theme from Skyrim is one that came in, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I've heard about this Skyrim game. I mean, it sounds like one of those, one of those gigantic games you get lost forever in, blah blah blah. But I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check out the theme, and um, I listened to it, and I was like, okay, this, I, I see the potential here. Who's this by? Jeremy Soul. No way. Okay. Um, hmm. And then I got the game, and boy, I got lost in it. <laughs> was, okay, I'll, I'll hats off to them. That's a good game. It was well done. But it's, yeah, I got into it. I've been a little it. scared of it for the same reason. Yeah, and you know, granted, the, the album might have even been done sooner had I not played Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 100 hours gone at least, so but whatever. But it's just funny how I, I kind of got introduced to the game in, in a roundabout way. Sure. Here's a question, because I'm a writer, and I, I've had this particular novel I've been trying to finish for many, many years. Do I respect you, that. Are there um, special challenges you found with the project being, you know, it's been, what, five years in the making? You know, it just comes back to, you know, don't give up and really try to remember why you started it. Whether the mood is there or the energy is there, it was there when you started it. And you got to just, you know, uh, there's, there's two words I put together a lot when I, when I feel down about that is just trust yourself. Trust, you know, that you had a good idea. And that you got to stick with it. And even if you're not in the mood to finish it, finish it. And whether you know it's it, the idea is still fresh in your mind, know that it existed. And you're not you're not a puppet working off of um, you know some boss who's droning at you to finish this thing. But it was you, it was you who came up with it. So just stick with it. That's that's what I would say. Cool. I guess related to that, I had a question and it slipped my mind. I'm sorry. Give me. I have an album in my mind too that I've been meaning to write, but I have no idea. <laughs> well, I guess uh, related to that, yeah. then. Are there any games that you haven't done a remix for that you've really been itching to? You know, for a while, the answer to that question was Maniac Mansion, because that was one that is really under-remixed. And actually, I, I did two with this recent one. But um, 
As far as other games, I don't know. None jumped to mind right away. I'm just uh, you've done quite a, a width and breadth of them just on yeah. Overclocked Remix alone, like sixty some over there, I think. Yeah. Uh, sixty something, yeah. I've done like over a hundred uh, in my my entire archive, but yeah, they don't all wind up there. But uh, in a lot of your remixes, you meld voices. You have you know, like different homages. You have. I guess what's appealing to you about that? Be, I know a lot of your songs like, oh, this tracker and this game, or, or you well, create some new genre by fusing two together. Yeah, you know, belly dance disco. Or. Yeah, that's a, a bizarre example. Yeah, well, generally, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, I, I get bored easily. And uh, I, I, I just, my, my brain rebels when I sit down to do something that's been done before. You know, when it's kind of like straightforward techno, it's like, eh, there's hundreds of straightforward techno. Why would I want to do that again? What if I take straightforward techno and fuse it with Caribbean and add steel drums to it? And then now we're talking, you know, <laughs> and um, honestly, that's actually what made it really hard for me to go professional. You know, I, I got trained, I got a bachelor's in music composition and I moved to L.A. thinking I want to do music for movies. And I had such a hard time because that's what they wanted you to do straightforward score and they would like you know here's a track from et now write something that sounds just like it but different and i had the worst time doing that because it wasn't um it was, it was it was there was there was no no originality it was just hack work it was just craft and there was no creativity to it and that's actually part of why i you know kind of said goodbye to that world and i still enjoy doing the game remixes because there is the freedom there is the freedom to make a new genre and actually have the the game platform as a piggyback to jump off of, um, knowing that even if you make a genre that doesn't exist, that could be completely off the wall, there are still the fans of that game and the fans of that composer and the fans of you know the, the scene who will listen to it. And that's kind of comforting in a way to know that you know you do have the freedom to try new things in an environment where there is uh, respect for that. Here's a follow-up question on that. Are there other advantages to arranging, remixing, as opposed to composing? I mean, I kind of just touched on that, that they, there, there's a jumping off point. You know, with composing, it's a blank slate, and there's freedom in that, too. But, um, you know, there's also the sense that you need to have an audience already. Otherwise, you're kind of pitching not only a new composition, a new theme, a new melody, but also a new genre, a new sound set, a new uh, style to whatever the audience is. And, you know, it's got to be pretty darn good to catch their attention. You know, this is not a bad thing, but with the, the game, you at least have a kind of a stepping stone where there's some some aspect of, oh, okay, well, I know this game. I'll check it out. So, Okay, so go ahead. We've been kind of dancing around the thing. Give us our kind of your sales pitch for your new album. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't mean to like try to steer it in that way. It was just, no, get, no, you know, it's, it's, been on, it's been on the brain and you've been uh, asking questions that made me think about it. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you a, a little backstory, actually. The, the funny thing was, is back way back in like 04, I was doing a lot of Doom 2 remixes, and it was, you know, a game that was really nostalgic to me. It was a big thing when I was growing up, and uh, those tracks ended up being very popular because my style meshed with those themes pretty well. And uh, I was actually talking with uh, Mustin of the 1-Ups. Uh, well, not with the 1-Ups anymore, but he was for a while. And um, We love the 1-Ups, by the way. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they're good friends of mine. I've hung, with that, hung out with them a lot. That's awesome. But... um. I was talking to them about like, hey, what if I do put like an album together, like a you know an homage to Robert Prince and all my Doom Two stuff? And he was actually the one who had the idea. He's like, you know, why, why make it just Robert Prince? Why not make it bigger than that and actually make it about American composers? Because at the time, it was really just like you know everything was you know and and the remix albums were 
back then were a new idea. You know, the Project Majestic mix, uh, Square Dance, uh, the Square Soft albums were, were, were new. But everything that came out was like, okay, well, we're going to make all this effort to make an album. Let's pick the really popular franchise. Let's pick Final Fantasy. Let's pick Chrono Trigger, Mega Man, Mario, Zelda. You know, it was, it was building a momentum, but it was all you know, the Japanese stuff. And there were immense challenges that these guys were having getting these things licensed and finished and produced because they had to deal with licensing across countries and international copyrights. And um, just trying to get a hold of the composers was a nightmare because there were language barriers. There were, you know, all these layers of, you know, the company bureaucracy and everything. And I just, for all these reasons together, it seemed like doing an American album would be a good idea. Not only do a nod to the American composers, but it might even be more logistically feasible, considering yeah, sure. you know you, you can get a hold of them. So um, it was his idea that spawned the journey to look beyond Doom Two and you look into you know who else can we uh, can we approach and tribute and honor, and that's where the names start to come in, like Jeremy Soule, Jack Wall, Tommy Tellerico, Peter McConnell, um, you know the Fat Man, uh, you know George Sanger, and these other guys, and. Um, it really grew from there, and that album was, you know, kind of a success. It was a free thing, but it was kind of a, a wake-up call, and um, it actually put me in touch with a lot of these composers, and I became friends with them. I think there was a certain song on there was it that uh, I've heard a what? lot about. You mean Glowworm Jim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love that album. That's a great album altogether. You know what's funny is that Glowworm Jim I wrote in two two days. Mm-hmm. And one of the other tracks in that, like the opening to hell theme from Doom 2, took me like months. <laughs> and I I enjoy Glowworm Jim so much more because it happened fast. Yeah. And it's it's weird how like it was like the inspiration. I actually I wrote it because I, I I couldn't sleep. I had insomnia one night and I was like, you know what? I can't sleep. I'm gonna I'm gonna track. And here's a remix that you know Tommy said he might like to hear someday. So I'll, I'll see what happens. And um, honestly, actually that was a stylistic homage to a guy who calls himself Xerxes in. Um, what is it? Uh, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, somewhere around there. One of my electronic buddies, but um, um, European electronic chill out guys. But uh, yeah, I wrote most of that in one night. I listened to it the next morning and I was like, wow, I, did, I made that? Cool, let's finish it. And I finished it and I, I love that track too, but it was funny that I didn't labor over it. It just flowed. But uh, regardless, it's nice yeah, it's when a, an idea it's, it's, just works. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, I got off topic, but uh, that was um, an example of the, the album came together well. And uh, even even then, even as I was talking about that project when it was done, I was I was meeting uh, other composers. I was becoming acquainted with guys like Gerard Marino uh, from God of War, and you know, um, I was introduced to uh, you know other folks. Gary Scheiman from Bioshock was kind of you know coming up at that point. You know, I met him at a video games live uh, thing in Hollywood, and it was just kind of like, you know, there's a lot of other there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of other composers to honor. There's more music, and it was scratching in the back of my brain for a long time. Like, what if I did a sequel? And I would occasionally sit down and make a list of like, well, I would do these tracks and then I'd throw away the list and come back a year later and do it again and kind of looking like, well, what if? And um, honestly, you know, this has been a long time coming. And frankly, I, I think I put up the website and the idea for this album way too soon. Because <laughs> when, I, when I did the first American album, I had a lot of free time. I was working freelance in L.A. I was single. Big factor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have three kids I was, now, so I understand. Yeah, staying, staying up all night, writing, you know, freedom, whatever. And then uh, after I announced this second album idea, you know, I was running my own business. I was married. I was, you know, paying bills. I just bought a house. It was it was crazy. And I had the foolish expectation early on that I could crank it out as, as quickly as the first one. That, you know, give me a year, boom, I'll write all this stuff. And 
wow, uh, life happened. And um, <laughs> music became like, you know, it, quote unquote, free time. You know, when, when I have a snippet of free time, I'll work on this. And lo and behold, five years have gone by and it's been a, a slow build. And granted, it's, you know, like you said, with your novel, there's been all sorts of ebbs and flows of like, you know, do you just give up? Do you still care? You know, whatever. So, but, um, you know, I had kind of a breakthrough earlier this year where it was like, you know, make this happen. And I kind of switched up my own personal schedule to where I would wake up at 5 a.m., go down to my man cave, work for an hour. I, I know late at night, I'm tired, I've been working all day, I don't want to go back and work. But if I get up early, I can devote an hour to my craft, get back into it, and just make me time. You know, granted I won't be up as late, but that's fine. And uh, I made that change earlier this year, and it really kind of spurned momentum back into this. And um, July was approaching, and I was like, I got to make this happen. So like, come uh, mid-May, I was like, I'm putting a date on this. I'm putting a hard date on this, which helped. Uh, so July 4th. I'm launching the Kickstarter July 4th. So until then, I have every day in between to get stuff done. So I've been frantically... Um, well, semi-frantically, getting the getting my performers recorded, finding a recording studio locally that can do the mastering, um, trying them out, you know, just uh, doing all the writing, getting the video produced, getting the script written for that, um, you know, the, the whole process. It was really like a, a one month, you know, every single day, getting things prepped, getting it, you know, uh, squared away and uh, making the Kickstarter happen so that the album could actually get done. You know, otherwise, it might have been a case of, you know what, just release what's been done already release it for free, wipe my hands of this. But, you know, since the beginning, I've really wanted this particular project to be, you know, it's like a bucket list thing. I just want to have the CD. I want to be able to hold it in my hand, wrapped in plastic, and see my name on it and be like, this is the one thing that I went completely all in on. I did the very best I could. I got it made. I got it licensed. I got it out there. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It's out there. And, you know, not only is it a sense of completion with an idea, but ideally, you know, it could be passive income from, from here on. You write it, you get it out there, and then you keep getting paid for it year after year. Even if it's only a little bit, it's it's something that's done and is out there. And that's, you know, motivation too. I'm trying to k- take care of my wife and child and, you know, provide. So, uh, and ultimately, hopefully, um, generate enough interest and energy and uh, even funding off of this to uh, create more projects. I mean, I have a lot of other stuff in the brain, as, uh, video game and otherwise, uh, that I'd, I'd love to get done. Right. But, you know, I, I want to finish, I got to finish this one first. I can't start the next project yet. I, I got to finish this one. So it's been um, a long time coming. And really, I, I stand beside the music on this. You know, I, I mentioned in the Kickstarter video that a lot of the tracks on here might be obscure. They might be not the most popular, or the most famous, but they're what the composers asked for. And that's huge, huge to me. Yeah. That, you know, I reach out and say, I want to honor you. What do you want to hear? And they give me a track from a game that flopped, but man, they care about that track. It, it is, it means a lot to them. So you know what? I'm going to make it awesome. So I, I pour my own self into making these tracks come alive in a whole new way. And um, they won't be the, the the first thing people search for when they type into Google to hear music. But you know what? It's what the composer wanted to hear, and I stand by it. So um, the music on this is really, really darn good. Awesome. Related to that, how do you think you've changed creatively between the first American album and this one? Um, I guess maybe just a higher standard as far as quality. I mean, I really try to use higher quality sounds. I really try to um, mix and master to a higher level. And a, a big difference with this, actually, oddly enough, before the first American album, I was in college. And in college, I had this idea of what if I were to write a solo, like a, a solo 
you know, violin piece and they play over electronics. And I actually wrote a few of these in college where it was like, you know, violin techno or electric bass over electronic jazz or, you know, weird stuff like that. I did a marimba piece over electronics and, um, I love the idea. I love the idea of, uh, you know, live fusing with the electric. And then, uh, you know, and part of that was out of necessity. In college, I actually had requirements to have a half hour concert for my junior year. And then my senior year, a full hour concert where it's live. You know, I'm, I'm out there, I'm conducting, I have ensembles, I have string quartets, I have soloists, I have whatever. And um, I, I kind of felt like, you know, I can't just do electronic music and, and play it, you know, through a speaker, but I got to have people there. So, in college, I did that, and it was, you know, it was it was hit or miss. You know, not every piece worked, but it was definitely a, a new way to look at, you know, um, bring these different worlds together. And then after college, I kind of I kind of hung that idea on the shelf, like you know, someday I'll do that again. And the American album is purely electronic; it's all just me. It's all through the tracker, the computer, pretty much that's it, except for a couple of funny, you know, voice clips where other people come in. <laughs> but with with this one, I actually wanted to bring back the idea that I had in college, you know, 15 years ago now, and bring that back to the forefront of putting people in there, really adding a human element to it. And uh, there are nine tracks out of 14 on this album that feature a soloist, that feature a live human performer who is playing an instrument with electronic undertones. That is probably the biggest difference that you would hear between these two albums side to side by side. It's, it's, it's beyond me. It's, it's, it's more than just what I can make happen in perfection in a computer, but I'm really bringing on a human element and fusing that in a way that not only allows a performer to shine in a very challenging piece, and granted, I, what I wrote was pretty darn hard, <laughs> um, you know, but also just maybe spark the interest of other, you know, classical performers who are coming up learning a, an instrument that there's more that they can play in a concert setting but beyond just, you know, Bach and Beethoven and Mozart or the other side of the coin, the 20th century avant-garde neoclassical weird stuff, which is a lot of what's out there. But you can actually have kick-ass music that you can play over that also allows you to show your talent with that instrument. So, you know, that's that's something else. Like I have trombone, electric bass, flute, classical guitar, marimba, um, you know, and other instruments represented on this thing in a way that I think is fairly you know new and hopefully that catches the interest of that scene as well and um, sparks the interest to have more music like that made awesome i'm excited yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean i've been excited well so. good <laughs> <laughs> no definitely the, a lot of oc remix stuff is uh all electronic but it's always adds an extra layer of cool whenever you got live stuff in it so that sounds really cool yeah, and there's certain, there's certain instruments that are kind of, you know, that come back. There's a lot of violin, there's a lot of um, piano, guitar, uh, occasionally you get like saxophone. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm really trying to think outside the box, like what if there was a bassoon solo? What if there's a vi vibraphone or celeste? What if someone brings on, an, a, you know, a bandonian and rocks out on that? You know, those are the instruments that you don't hear so often. But man, there's, there's people who pour their heart into learning that instrument. Why not? You know? Yeah. Okay, so I, I guess we're about at the end of our time, but I got one more question. So Sure. What would um, you most like the listeners of this album get out of it? Hopefully an experience that is unlike any that they've heard before in terms of game remixing, where it's, it's beyond just hearing a track from a game redone in rock, you know, but that there's a deeper level of um, imagination. There's a deeper level of um, homage and tribute to not only the composer in the game, but to just the idea of arranging game music in general. 
that it can be a whole different experience in terms of not only what you hear, but also how it's played, how it's brought to life, how it's uh, interpreted, and that you know there's there's room for potential with any piece of music that can be brought back to life in a variety of ways, whether it's from Nintendo or stripped down from orchestra. I mean, this project has themes that are originally on Nintendo that are reimagined for flute. There's pieces that were done for choir that are reimagined for chiptunes or chips, you know? So it's just really, you know, hearing something and having the openness in your brain to, to look at it and say, how does this speak to me? And how can I make it speak again to others? So I guess that would be the uh, answer to that. Awesome. Sounds fabulous. Well, we will have the uh, link to the Kickstarter on our webpage and in show notes, and we'll make sure we get you some traffic. Very cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me uh, talk about me. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Hey, hey, thanks, thanks again, seriously for for supporting this project. You know, years ago, back when it was just uh, a website with a list of names that I was trying to make happen. Now it's it's right. here. So I can attest, Nick is uh, always talking about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of your biggest fans that you've probably never heard of. I'm a lurker. Well, hey, there's a lot more to come. So you know, thank you and uh, stay tuned. Yeah, All thank right. you. Good luck. Thanks a lot, Chris. You got it. You guys have a good one. All right, that was our conversation with Christopher Getman, a.k.a. Maze Dude. So, please, if you have any interest at all in such creative music, um, go to his Kickstarter, American Pixels, sign up for it. You'll get great music, um, and you could you, you know, use your support to make the best album possible. Yep. That was a, a lot of fun to uh, talk with him about that stuff. Yeah, he was a great guy, very, you know, great stories. And it was kind of refreshing too, you know, because you and I, we sort of struggle sometimes just to get the podcast out. Yeah. And it's just cool to, to see someone who more people <laughs> have heard of than yeah. us uh, deals with some of the same uh, challenges in terms of getting his uh, creativity out. We had a story um, after we stopped recording where you talked about how he, part of his creative drain was coming home. He'd work at a job. He'd come home and it's like he's working a job again trying to do the music. And Another he, office, essentially. And he changed his whole downstairs to basically a man cave where he painted the walls and stuff. He said it just helped tremendously just having a, a workplace mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting um, addition that didn't get in the record section. Yeah, so something you might have to consider in the future. For Yeah, I, I have no good workplace. I just like, <laughs> oh, here's a corner. I work, which is probably not helpful. But yeah. So we should probably do our first soundtrack. Sounds good. So if you would like to get a sample of Maze Dude's American Pixels album, this is your lucky day, because that is our soundtrack. <laughs> yes, he sent us a sampler of the album. It's what, three, four minutes? Something like that. Um, and it just gives you a kind of a taste of some of the, the crazy music that you'll get by uh, purchasing the album. Enjoy.
stuff all right yes we've been talking about uh chris getman maze dude for this uh first half of our show and, and you know where you can listen to a lot of his music um overclock remix he has Wait, over 60 of them well but where is overclock remix on the internet oh so you mean it's came from the interwebs See, folks, that's what we call a transition. It was very, very nice. <laughs> okay. So. so we thought since we're doing, we're in kind of a maze dude theme right now, uh, we thought we'd play a little game with Nick here. Because apparently everyone thinks I'm the maze dude fan. I mean, I, I enjoy maze dude too, but he has a special sound that just seems to appeal to, it, hits all your remix it buttons. It does. It does hit all my remix buttons. Okay. So Tim's going to pick one of his 60 plus on Overclock Remix. He's going to play part of it. And I'm going to see if I can remember what it is. <laughs> I would play something from his um, website too, but it's... Uh, He's fixing it. MazeDudeMusic.com. All right. Oh, crap. See, I recognize it. Uh, let's see. This is from 2007. That's not going to help me. See, the first one, I can't name it. Um, <laughs> see, a lot of times I just listen to them on, like, randomly. I'm, enjoy, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit right now, but I'm having trouble remembering what it's from. I don't think it's one of the Doom ones. Um, well, that was about 30 seconds worth, yeah. so any guesses? 
let's just try Enlightened Alaskan. Uh, nope. Okay. It is from the game Psychonauts. Oh yeah. It is okay. called Psychotic Censors. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're 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 correct. <laughs> I know I'm correct. I was <laughs> looking at the webpage. Epic fail. No. Okay. Let's right. try another one. This one's a little more recent, so I don't think the reason cares as much as certain ones I listen to more than others. Mm-hmm. We'll see here. I'm going. Oh, this sounds like Slam Davis. <laughs> wow, that was impressive. <laughs> yes, I thought I'd go with something easy from the Balance and Ruin album. This is a very, a very good take on the Zozo theme. Final Fantasy VI. I figured you'd get it. I didn't figure you'd get it from just that, that very well, and little I think, bit. You know, he first. was talking about how he started using you know live things. This is one of those ones that he has the trumpet. Oh, you know, okay, yeah, playing very mm-hmm. Davis way wise, right? All right. Very film noir. Yes. <laughs> kind of has that sleazy tone to it. Okay. See, when I know him, I know him. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm gonna test your memory. I'm going to do one we played on the podcast. Oh, okay. Way back. Um, All right. This was a while ago, I think. All right. Here we go. Flubber Mountain. <laughs> I actually listened to this one today. Oh, did you? Ow. <laughs> well, I was listening to a couple of them earlier today, but I'm like, you know what? I need to have a... I wanted to refresh myself. I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. Yeah. Let's see. See, this is a perfect example of, like, crazy Maze Dude. Like, yeah. goofy, goofy Maze Dude. Yes, because there's a lot of dark Maze Dude out there, but he knows how to do his goofy stuff, too. Like this, or, or like, um, Cool Spot. You remember that one where he just whistles? It's, like, the most happy-go-lucky song <laughs> ever. I don't think I remember that one. That one's pretty fun. Yeah, this is this is him using sounds that don't show up in songs. <laughs> Not normally. normally. Outside of Looney Tunes. All right, let's see. I'm clicking this one just because I like the name. Okay, let's see. Oh, boy. I can almost... I'm not even sure what the genre is yet, to be honest. Yeah. This is a pretty classic, like, electronic key tracker. See, I know, I know the, I know the song. You know it's disconnected. the game? I don't think so. This isn't Tangerine Fever, is it? It is. Yes. Nice job. All right, from Donkey Kong something or other. Donkey Kong Country Three. Nice. Yes. Well I done. Feel that's the sort of one we want you to be able to pull out. Not too, not too easy, but uh, made you think a little bit. Yes. I think you will recognize this one. This one was when he was going through a certain phase. A certain phase. Ah, uh, tripping on alligators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early Maze Dude. Yes, Early Maze Dude, when he was tripping on stuff. He was tripping on snails, tripping on gators, tripping on rainbows. Yep. All very different songs, by the way. Tripper on Snails was one of my early favorites. I think that was one of the first ones I remember listening to and thinking, this is awesome. I don't, it's from Rygar. I've never played Rygar in my life, mm-hmm. but it was just hip. All right, let's see. There's only like two or three uh, Bayou Billy songs on the whole site. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Well, it has good music, obviously. Well, I mean, Maze Dude made it. I cool. mean, I don't know. It's just not one of those those games that it, people think, oh, man, you remember the ventures of Bayou Billy? <laughs> that was one of the best. All right, here's another one. Oh, uh, this is um, this is the beginning of the American album, actually. This is from Jazz Jackrabbit or whatever. Um, 
I don't know what it's called, actually. It's just always track one in the American album. <laughs> and track two is Glowworm Jim. <laughs> so uh, that's why you don't remember it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's some American something in the title, I think, isn't it? No. No. It's, uh, well, it sounds very American. It's called Jack Rabbit Transformer. Okay. It sounds like it is a very patriotic sounding song. Very the drums and well, the title makes me think okay. of like a fusion of uh, Briar Rabbit and Michael Bay. Possibly, Jack, Jack Rabbit. I would like to see that. <laughs> Maybe jumping ahead here a little bit. It is one of the very like triumphant sort of songs. Well, you don't always you don't always get from Maze, dude. These a lot of them are the more industrial, dark, you know, doomish. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but yeah. it was certainly the style. Yeah, he mentioned uh, Doom 3 earlier. Let's see. There, he has one, two, three, four, five, six different Doom 3 remixes, which most of the Doom games... Doom 3? Oh, I'm sorry. Doom 2. Yeah. My bad. Which, yeah, most of most of the games he does, he really only has one remix for one for each one, but that one he has six, so it's quite prominent. And they're all awesome. <laughs> Given that, let's see... Uh-oh, because some of the early ones I'll get mixed up. <laughs> let's let's go for one here since we were just talking about doom 2 so i'm giving you a hint right okay, doom 2 yes but there are six of them yes it's an later one i could probably do it. if it's an earlier one it'll be like it's one of those doom ones <laughs> and then there's the <gasps> come up here sorry i know i'm really geeky <laughs> He's actually been once I heard this one. Um, is this the this is this the bloodbath one? Nope. Nope, it's not the bloodbath one. I wonder how well we should have played this with him, honestly. I wonder if you'd have the same trouble. He probably would know all his own songs <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> but this uh, this isn't Sandy Gothic, is it? No. That one's more chip tuny, I think. No, no, you got it. It's, oh, was it? It's, that one? It's Gothic Sandy. Gothic but... Sandy. Yeah, I remember yeah, these are all early ones. I remember they were some of my early in my early collections and burnt CDs. They're very energetic and driving. Let's try this one. This one's not doesn't fall in that early maze dude category. Hmm. I'm gonna jump ahead here to the. Is this, uh, is this opening to hell? Say what? No, 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 it's not. Oh, oh, I. This is the um, mummy dance. Yes. Very impressive. From um. Some Kirby game, yeah, Kirby Superstar. Yeah, this is the this is the um, belly dance disco. I'm gonna jump ahead to the minute thirty mark. Yeah, kind of a trademark, um, bizarre instruments you don't normally hear, <laughs> and kind of a weird dance thing. Yeah, it's like a cartoonish Middle yeah. Eastern type thing. Which, if there's a, there must be like a pyramid level in that Kirby game or something, that would make perfect sense. All right. This one might throw you a little bit. All right. We'll, we'll, here we go. we'll see. I don't know. Um, it's a Sonic 2, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but what do they call it? It's almost, it's just all like marimba the whole time. See, I wasn't sure if you, kn- you would know this because you said you don't particularly go for Sonic. No, this is this one. The couple Sonics I like. I like this and anything that's the Mystic Cave song. (laughs) And Marble in the Marble Zone. Those three. Like Green Hill Zone, I just don't care for that much. Oh. See, I I enjoy the one ups version of it. Well, okay. I mean, it's one ups version. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. I haven't. But what, what, is the name of, what is the name? What is the name? It's. Oh, this one. It is. Um, I don't remember the title. Reich Lake. Okay. Yeah. Reich. Based, I think it's. Ba- I think that's the composer that he's imitating. Oh. Okay. It is kind of catchy. It is. It is. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The problem is a lot of his are from the earlier days, which yeah. are because you know this is before he got real busy. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. He put out a lot of it. I'm trying to find a. Oh, nice this is some. Um, this is like turtles through time, isn't it? Uh, close. It is a turtle. It game. is a turtle game. Yeah. What is? Oh, I don't see the problem. Is I don't know the titles of half of these. You just like, you know, cycle through That's, Maze Dude music. Yeah, you're clearly on the right track. It's, yeah, it's the Turtles is like sewer something or I don't know. <laughs> it's called Turtle Wave. Turtle and Wave. And it's from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. Oh, uh, okay. I guess I got to memorize the titles better. <laughs> it's funny, like I don't do it very much anymore, but when I was on my, uh, I had CDs and I drove a long way in the car, I'd always know like, I couldn't tell you the name of any track, but like it's track eight. <laughs> track eight was always awesome in all my CDs for some reason. Uh-huh. That was the Kefka on Final Fantasy VI's soundtrack, but with the iPod, pod, it's just not the same. All right, let's go for a different, different sound. At least I'm assuming. <laughs> assuming. Oh, we will know this one. Well, here it is anyway. Oh yeah, this is the seventh guest. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I saw it was from the American album. I didn't realize. Yeah, that when see, I, first I know the it. American album pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Of course, what's the name of it? It's called Microscopism. Okay. Yep. Well, that was a fail. Let's try <laughs> epic fail. Let's try this one. Oh, I think I just listened to this today. Uh, the Wizard of the Bride from um, um, war, war, Wizards and Warriors. Yes. Yes. You're, well, too, you're too good at this. <laughs> Maybe we should switch, and I'll pull up Maze Dude's song. No, I would do terrible. <laughs> How about this? I'll pull up songs, and you tell me whether it's Maze Dude or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we had the, um, is it Faulkner or not? Is it what? Faulkner, William Faulkner, <laughs> or is it computer generated? <laughs> classic episode, uh, classic uh, section. Yep, that was fun. We've featured a song from this game before, but I don't remember if it was a Maze Dude one or not. You can tell me. It's Heartbeats? Yeah. By uh, Neighbor Zombie. Yeah. Did we do that one? I think we did this one. Okay. If not, I do like this song a lot. Okay, well. Because that's the quintessential Maze Dude. Like, hey, let's just take the sound and see if we make a song out of it. (laughs) The scary thing is, it's not just Maze Dude that can do this all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is one that he talked about. Oh, this must be from, um, um, this is Wheels of Wonder. Yes, from, okay, American from, Wheels of Wonder is the name of okay, it. Okay, from Exile? Yeah, Miss 3, Miss Exile, three. which yep. he talked about this one, I believe. Yeah. Is this, I think this is one of those he, he, tur- this is all orchestral, he changed tip, he changed into more chiptune, mm. mm-hmm. maybe? That might be another one, actually, that might be the one from Miss 4, 5, something like that. You know, he like he has this chiptune EP. Um, they took some modern games and did just chiptune remixes of them. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Bandcamp. <laughs> Poor Tim, there. He's just like, this is a, I didn't realize how game. many 
from the American album made it onto OC Remix. Yeah, they've been making them slowly. I think he's got most of them on now. Especially since when they opened up the time limit. Mm. I'm trying to find some in kind of the sweet spot. That's like not too recent, but not some of the old stuff that yeah. you've listened to for years. Try this one. Again, just because I like the title. Hmm. Kind of a vague opening. It's a little vague. Oh, oh. Let me look at a little more. But I, I do recognize it now. I'm going to jump ahead to the first, to the one minute mark. Is this the, um, oh, no, it's different. Oh. is this the plock song uh-huh. that he did in the style of Echo the, the Dolphin? What did he call it? I think you're on the right track. Dol- this isn't Dolphin with a Shotgun. That's the other one. No, it? this is Dolphin this, this with a Shotgun. Okay. Yep. <laughs> because he slowed it down like 400% or something. Oh, really? Yeah. From what the original. <laughs> that's crazy. Do enjoy it though. All right. All right. Try this one and then we'll wrap it up. Oh, um. Oh, the uh, clacks. Some sort of nine inch. It's done in style nine inch nails, I believe. Yeah, nine inch clacks. Yep. I never heard of this game. Clacks? What was this even for? I have no idea. Huh. Oh, I mean, yes. Okay. I mean, that's the weird thing about, you know, like, I'll like music at, even if I had know nothing about the game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy always hit the spot, but... All right, I'm going to try one more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can't believe, like, you missed the first one, and you've gotten, like, every single one <laughs> since then. It gave you hope, Tim. <laughs> I was just hoping for a mix. I didn't expect it to be all one-sided after the fact. Um, This is from Battletoads. <sighs> Good grief. <laughs> Doesn't style, like, kind of Seinfeld-ish. <laughs> it does sort of sound Seinfeldish. <laughs> well, is this Toad Jan? Is that what they call it? Uh, toads in the title. But toads in no. The, okay. Yeah. Is the title that I'm pretty bad at? But this is uh, Toads in the Sweet. Okay. All right. Okay. This is the one we'll end with. Oh, <laughs> one more. You'll, one more. You'll know this, but uh, we gotta a, end with it. I think there's a good. This is a nice way to go out. Okay. Um, Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Zeal from Chrono Trigger. Um, Dreams of Zeal. I don't even know what the title is. It's uh, Island of Zeal. Island of Zeal. This is like his first one, I believe. I believe so. And it probably sounds the least like Maze Dude. <laughs> I mean, in the sense that it's it's kind of normal. Yeah, it's actually very close to the original. I, I'd say. Not really nice percussion and atmosphere, but yeah, not 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 changing styles like often happens. Yeah. So yeah, if if you were to compare like this to say some of the other stuff, this this definitely feels like the least maze, the least uh, evolved. Yeah, what time? What year was this? Two thousand one. Nice. So fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. This is a very nice remix of Zeal, though. Oh yeah, nothing wrong with it at all. Anyone has to remix uh, Zeal at one point or another, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now. Has there been, there hasn't been a Chrono Trigger album on OC Remix? There was. There, there was? Quite a while ago. Okay. One of the early ones. It was a Chrono Symphonic or something like that. Okay. It's all in like classical style. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Kind of like, it was kind of like almost like a soundtrack for if there was a movie. 
Interesting. That was kind of the conceit. Yeah. I'll have to go check that out now yeah. that I've played the game. Yeah, that's true. Now that you finally played it. Yeah. So, all right. Cool stuff. Well, guys, um, I know there's been a lot of uh, Maze Dude music here, but yes. we thought after the interview, he, he added so many good things. We didn't really feel like distracting it with other stuff. Uh, yeah. It was just like, yeah, he's he's the professional here. He's like, let's let's just do all, let's just go all out with it. Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, that if you hadn't had an exposure yet, um, hopefully those gave you a sense of some some of his style of things. I think this this new album will be really pushing things to the to the pinnacle of what he can get done. It sounds yeah. like, and hopefully we've played a a nice variety of stuff in this half that you won't be too scared off by some of the more crazy stuff. Like he's 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 got a nice range, even. He has a certain eclectic sound, but he still has a nice range of. Yeah, that. it goes from it goes from goofy to like um, horrific. What, what, yeah, like the <laughs> what, the Minotaur Nightmare one. Yeah, well, with, I think we did that one at yeah, some point. With it has like the Nazgul sound in it, I think. Oh, does it? Yeah, something like that. Cool. So uh, we'll have to um, we'll have to do our, our contact info here. Yes. So if this is the, your first time listening to Derail Trains of Thoughts, um, we are normally not this music heavy. We're normally all about uh, storytelling. I'm the videographer, Nick's the writer. And this has just been a special episode since we had a, a special guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find all of our past episodes at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. And sh- uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Uh, tell your friends if you like our our podcast. Tell our friend, tell friends because <laughs> tell our friends. Tell, yeah. well, tell our friends, do it. Yes, but well, tell- I know you even had a friend who just like what you have a podcast and you've done like sixty some of them. Like yeah, we've been advertising, but things just don't sometimes get out. it slips through the cracks of there's Facebook's so much stuff in social media. And, yeah, there is. It's it's sad, but yes, we've been here. We've got a whole bunch of episodes about ranging on everything from genre stuff like post apocalyptic to uh, romance to, to more philosophical ideas of you know how do you incorporate your worldview in your story or, you know, or morality or other you know in stories or the nature of uh, heroes and villains and a nice wide range of topics for both practical things and more abstract things and things for the just people who like to watch stories mm-hmm. and also things for people who like to create stories exactly so uh, we're pretty proud of our uh, library, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and most people that I've talked to, our fans, when they find us, they like us. They just don't find us. <laughs> so. And then, of course, don't forget to check out, we've said it a lot, but don't forget to check out Maze Dude's Kickstarter and his webpage, which should be up and running again, hopefully, before too long. Yeah. Because I think the Kickstarter ends like August 4th around. It's about, it's about a 30-day yeah. thing. But uh, again, this all started because of a certain soundtrack request. Yes. So normally um, we try to keep our soundtracks to about three to four minutes because we want to talk more than listen to music because it's not necessarily a music podcast. But there's this remix by Maze Dude called Glowworm Jim, which uh, it's been kind of a running joke between Tim and I for quite a while now, I think. I don't know how long. At some point you you came up with this idea and like last year or so you keep uh, <laughs> keep bringing it up. <laughs> so now we're going to get it out we're, of your we're, system. We're, we're going to play it and then after that we... Because Maze Dude asked for it. Ba- Maze Dude asked for it. So, um, but anyways, why, besides it's just fun to harass Tim about it, there's a lot of remixes that I'll listen to multiple times, but this one is like perennially always good like i can just listen to it and repeat it's like seven minutes and listen and repeat it just it's very chill like aggressive chill out kind of it's great for when i'm walking and just want to kind of let my brain brainstorming just have this in the background it's a song for all seasons so anyways i hope you may not enjoy as much as i do but here it is <laughs> glowworm jim 
And uh, meanwhile, we are going to try to work our way out of here before I, I've seen like weird little goblin creatures running past. Yeah, and the people song that we need to dance or something. Yeah, and there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a party going on in that castle there. Or, see a, a party or a battle, I'm not those, sure which. Those creatures that keep like throwing their heads around and just kind of disturbing. It, it's, it's, yeah, this, this place is weird and I'm, I'm for advocate of uh, getting out of here. Uh, yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so um, thanks again for listening. Thanks again, once again, to Maze Dude for joining us. Um, he it, should be glad he didn't have to come to this labyrinth with us, but um, <laughs> but we, we enjoyed having a conversation. Yes, with it, was, it was very, very enjoyable and fascinating conversation. So until next time, this has been Tim. This is Nick. Bye.